1: well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
2: the bernstein and home show the bellinger deal he's got more value to this cubs team as they're constructed than he might to team x He's the rug that ties the room together. This rug I
1: have, it really tied the room together. He's a
2: fit as a personality. He's a fit as a leader by example. I'm the dude. He is. He is the dude. He's the dude in this metaphor. He's both the dude and the rug. He's just a good vibe.
3: He's the type of guy that you want in your clubhouse.
1: I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh...
3: That or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Those guys have been talking about it. I've witnessed it myself. He's the guy that kind of keeps everyone calm. This will not stand, you know. This aggression will not stand, man. His whole thing is really good at baseball, but I'm kind of laid back. I'm here to help, like all that stuff, but I just want to play ball and have fun. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? Dude.
2: Huh? Uh, I, I don't know, sir. You mind if I do it, Jay? Bernstein and Hope, middays 10 a.m. till two on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Welcome. It'll be a wild day today. it be like 80 degrees and then tornadoes and hail and the plagues upon Egypt. So uh, have fun.
3: Yes, 76 degrees for the high today. Then I was watching uh, Morgan Kochmeyer this morning on Channel 9. She said tomorrow there will be wind chills in the single digits. Cool, cool. We're broadcasting
2: live from the Hyundai Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And we've got Bears sound for you that we are going to turn around right now after I tell you that we've got Ray Diaz, Adam Studzinski, Brandon Fryer, Connor O'Donnell doing the things that they do. Here is Bears general manager Ryan Poles. Meeting the media. This audio courtesy of your local Hyundai dealers.
4: So uh, I'll jump right in, uh, kind of update on topics that have happened since the last time I spoke. So first, I just want to congratulate all of our guys that got into the Hall of Fame. I know our fans have been waiting, and they've been waiting for a long time. So I know the entire organization is uh, really excited for them. Um, Flu said it yesterday. Excited about our coaching staff we put together. Uh, moving forward. Shane and Eric and and the rest of the crew, um, we're in good hands. They're going to do a really good job. I think Coach hit on all the topics, teachers, communicators. Um, Shane's got a really good feel for both the run and the pass game, ability to adapt and adjust and things that we're looking for. So we're really pumped about that. Uh, Cody and Eddie, um, I know we put out a piece on on them, but just want to say thank you to them for what they've done for the Bears. Um, We felt like it was the right time to give them an opportunity to go test the market, see what's out there for them. Um, I want to do right by them and, and do it as early as possible so they can put their plans in place. Um, but really thankful for their leadership and everything they brought to the organization. Um, Jalen Johnson, um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job, um, kind of coming to the table strong, um, showing the respect um, that he's due, just in terms of his production through his career, and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, When I say coming strong, it means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, The term is strong for him. Um, Being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again. Um, continue to earn money and play well and hopefully that's where the Bears for a long period of time so I'm excited about that uh, like I've said about those deals all the time it takes two to tango and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with so uh, I feel really good about that situation now the hot topic uh, <laughs> first pick quarterback situation um, contrary to reports out there I have no master plan to present to everyone today Um, This is an opportunity for us to continue to gather information, um, learn about the different players in the draft, um, listen to what opportunities could come up. um, And then at the end of the day, we're going to make the best decision uh, that we can for the Chicago Bears. Uh, It will not be based on fear of what could happen with this and what could happen with that. We're going to put our information together and make the best decision because at the end of the day, we'll always throw our decision-making against kind of our core kind of deal, which is win championships and sustain success for a long period of time. There's a lot that goes into that, uh, but we're excited to gather that information and and create clarity uh, as we go along.
1: What is is your, if you decide to draft a quarterback, what is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a premium on that?
4: Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information, we'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush. Um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Go
0: ahead. Did you did you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that
4: process? Yeah. So I've always felt, and I told uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments. Um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at. Um, how things might play out, um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him, um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation, So, uh, but yeah, I'll continue that communication right, with them. been part of the uh, evaluation process in Kansas City in 2017 with Mahomes. Yep. How has that experience helped shape
1: the way you go about evaluating quarterbacks and, and things you do?
4: Yeah, my background is, is uh, I'm really fortunate to kind of see multiple phases and different types of processes put in place um, with, you know, bringing a quarterback in uh, from a trade to drafting. Um, so, again, there's, there's a process that we've learned in terms of tape watching and getting to know guys and bringing them in and spending time with them to feel comfortable with, with that setup. Um, so I can definitely tap into that experience. Right. In, In terms, terms of Jalen Johnson, you said things are, are going well with him. Do you think it's more likely that there is a long-term deal with him than the franchise tag? I hope so. I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, um, but I really would like to, to get something done long-term with him. Ryan, how do you view philosophically, how do you view the
1: draft assets you'd have picking first and ninth? Would theoretically be targeting star players if you catch those picks, yep. versus converting those into more picks, but they are lesser picks.
4: Yeah, that that goes into the equation, right? I mean, you got to look at what's there in, in that area and in terms of drafting. Um, again, you got to listen to the trade. Like, you don't trade back one, trade back two, trade back fifteen. Like that changes the dynamic based on where the board is set up. I think I talked about that last year. Wind we'll up counting the guys in certain spaces that. We feel like can beat impact players for our team, um, so that goes in the equation as well. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity to improve our football team. And the other thing is, like, very open and understand that draft picks are just opportunity, right? You got to capture that. You got to be right with your draft picks. Um, so we understand that as well. Just on the process
2: of evaluating the quarterbacks. Obviously, at the top of the draft, there have been a lot of misses
4: at the quarterback position. Yeah. What have you maybe learned about? What goes into making a player, you know, a great quarterback at the next level? Yeah, um, there's a lot there, right? It's like, what's the infrastructure look like? What's around the player? I think that's key. Um, and I think that's probably uh, mess with the numbers a lot when you're talking about the top of the draft. I think that's what makes our situation unique and why we have to really do a deep dive in, into it. Um, I think the person is a huge part. I've talked about that a lot. What's the makeup? The leadership? How do they handle pressure? Um, how do they handle pressure in a big city like ours? So a lot of those factors go in. Right, and I know you said you weren't going to make a big reveal today in terms of what, have, you're, you know, yeah, what you're doing. I have nothing to reveal at and all. Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally... But I wish on. I did. Yeah, I know. That's what i wait. Mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what i wait. Mean. Um, I, I totally understand that. But uh, do you have an idea, like, how? what's the percentage of what you think you know right now ahead of the combine? Like, how important is the combine in making the decision? Yeah, right now it's, like, 100 different scenarios... That you go down and, and try to plot out and you're forecasting forward to see what's going to work out and probabilities and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, the human being part, getting to know someone, um, getting to know a group of people is really going to determine that there's going to be options um, <clears throat> that pop up all the time that you don't see coming. I think I said it last year, like something will happen at some point in the next few months that no one expects. Right. Um, so you got to be on your toes for that. So the picture will change as we go. If right, right. you traded a different, the
0: number different one. mindset this year with the number one
4: overall pick, then what you had last year at this time? Um, no. I mean, it's a, it's unique, right? Um, but I would say our approach is exactly the same in terms of we got to look at every option and, and determine what is best for our team. Um, obviously, we chose to trade back last year. And I think that... That helped our uh, a team out a lot. So, um, again, we'll we'll do a deep dive and, and see how it plays out. Would you
0: evaluating the prospects if we can gather information? Do you have any concern at all that Taylor Williams or the team around him
4: don't want to play in Chicago? No, no, no concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if, if Justin were to stay here as
1: well. In, in terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams
4: are eerily
3: similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that?
4: There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, that, that's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I'll give Jeff King a um, on my team credit he, he painted a picture of you know there's two types of quarterbacks there's artists and then there's surgeons um, so within that group you can kind of see who's the artist create that's really creative um, doesn't draw within the lines where there's more of surgeons who are you know like your typical like the Brady's and Payton. so um, kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there so that's where they're, they're similar Is
1: there a percentage you prefer with artists and surgeons? No winners. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you do move off the number one pick, we've heard crazy, we've heard historic, all those adjectives used for the amount of compensation you need. What what are you looking for?
4: Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Do, right. the, yes. When do you
1: want to know
4: what you're going to do? tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, in all
1: seriousness, though, before no. before
4: pre-agency? I would love to know as soon as possible. Right? I, mean, I mean, I would love to know. Um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before pre-agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like, I want to do right by him. Um, and I know, again, living in that gray space, you would want to do something sooner rather than later just like I talk about with contracts it takes two teams to figure that out um, but at the same time we're also trying to figure out the draft process as well so there's a lot of different things with different timelines going and that's what makes it a little right, bit difficult part of your process over the next six weeks what do you see as the, the, the best ways for you to evaluate
1: the wiring of quarterbacks what, what do you like to do to, to learn who they are
4: yeah, spend time spend time that's, I mean right, any type of relationship you know it's, it's time on task and um just kind of getting to know the personality. Um, There's been a ton of information gathering from my team just in terms of teammates, coaches, things like that. Um, But you got to spend time with another person really understand the the wiring. What what are you trying to feel out in that process? What are you looking for from that? Yeah, you look for examples of dependability. You're looking selflessness, leadership, um, (laughs) ownership. You know, like, I think it's hard these days to find people that, you know, hey, this is wrong. And it's like, yeah. It was wrong. This is what I have to do to correct it rather than just kind of BSing your way through it. So, um, yeah, with Tom on task and spending time with these guys, you'll get to know some of those things. So, are, yeah. you, are, you expecting,
1: are you expecting a busier combine than usual? Like I'm imagining you're going to be a pretty popular guy this week. Everybody yeah. wants to buy you dinner and you talk about all these different assets that
4: you might trade. I mean, is it going to be a different combine for you? Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Has it already started? Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop. Sorry. How aggressive are people? How aggressive are people? fishing for information from other teams to see what you do with that what. Yeah, it's, you know, it starts slow. We we're at the Senior Bowl. I know people are kind of poking around. I haven't had, like, big-time conversations with anyone, uh, but everyone wants to, you know, take a temperature of what's going on. Um, Every time someone approaches you you're like, Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> How would you so say good.
2: last year's trade worked out for you guys, for the Panthers, and even Houston that
4: didn't get the number one? Yeah, um, I'll only comment on us. I thought it, it worked out really well um just adding two good players like darnell and, and dj um had no idea this would work out where it'd be the first overall pick uh, but i would say that's successful um and then you know a future two as well so uh it worked out well for us and we'll keep growing up with that you know? well, I I like know how
0: universally so. loved justin is by this team have you thought about what that conversation is going to be like if, if you do train and what you're going to like delivering that message to the team
4: yeah um know he's a leader every everything our guys have said it's true and not surprised our guys have said what they have said I feel the same way Um, and I think sometimes this whole thing gets you know Justin versus another person Um, and I have to look at it a little bit differently I take that into effect that's why the person is so important when we evaluate other people that would come in in that position but also it's my job to think of the long term and, and a lot of our guys kind of don't don't see that. That's not their job to do that and they defend their guy which I think speaks volume, volumes about our culture and our locker room. I right? mean, you've
0: made big trades before. Would that cause a Is there anxiety that comes with that for someone who would have to deliver that sort of news?
4: No, because I have faith um, in our ability to communicate with our guys um, and when we do that I think they'll know that it's in the best interest of of the team and I think as we've along here. I think the the trust factor is there, that they're in good hands with however we decide to kind of more guys, Timeline-wise, for
1: the college quarterbacks, do you really need to get all the way to private workouts, bringing them in the building
4: to know, and how would that impact your decision with with Justin? Um, Yeah, so, you know, again, there's a lot of different timelines going, so uh, being creative with, with finding time to spend with the different prospects and Get a private workout, things like that, that does help come to conclusion and, and kind of fill in all the boxes that you can filled in. If,
1: if you identify a quarterback prospect as your guy, is there any price that can move you off of your guy?
4: Um, Would it be our guy, right? Like, it's, it's not about me at all. Um, that's hard to answer right now because I need kind of the whole puzzle put together to, to figure that out. That was your set of Chicago's Classic Rock.
2: You started with... Barracuda by Heart, Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl, ZZ Top, Had Sharp Dressed Man, Supertramp, The Logical Song, and Jungle
3: Love by Steve Miller Band. So they were in a hallway. I don't know. That's <laughs> that's what that feels like. That they were outside of a of a room in a hallway that's playing music or music.
2: No, that's that is that's just wheelhouse classic rock right there.
3: I know, but. They were in a hallway. That's what it sounds like to me. There's a the lot. BC of th- had a little
2: setup this year. Last year it was just like a bunch of guys around the you know the the backdrop,
3: just yeah. standing around. I thought this was I thought that was pretty good from what we saw. There's a lot of stuff in there.
2: There's I didn't a lot. think there was a lot. I, I, did. I didn't get a whole lot. I liked his tone. I liked his optimism about Jalen Johnson. It sounds I, like
3: they're way closer than I thought they were. Or they're putting pressure on him. Could be. But the, with the level of detail that he shared specifically about what he thinks he can get annually versus like, hey, he could take another bite at the apple. It, it sounds a lot farther along than I expected him to sound on it. We will discuss when we return. Bernstein and Holmes on the score.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts and local pre and post-game shows. Go to mlb.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
4: Bernstein and Holmes, midday's 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. My background is is I'm really fortunate to kind of see multiple phases and different types of processes put in place um, with, you know, bringing a quarterback in uh, from a trade to drafting. Um, So, again, there's there's a process that we've learned in terms of tape watching and getting to know guys and bringing them in and spending time with them to feel comfortable with with that setup. Um, So I can definitely tap into that experience.
2: Brian Poles setting everything up, didn't really commit to anything, laid it out there about should he. what his expectations are. No, I don't think anybody expected that there was going to be some breaking news from him.
3: I mean, there could be breaking news at the combo. But not from but not, him. He's not. Like he's offer not, it. not gonna walk up there and be like, All right. All right, get your notebooks out. Here it is. This is what we've done, and that'll be later. And we'll we'll find out. There's a couple interesting things that I thought I wrote down in us uh, listening to Ryan Poles. The decision that they will make on the quarterback won't be based on fear. I like that. Like, you be confident, in whatever choice you're going to make, whether it's the fear of, well, don't let Justin go because Justin will end up being a star someplace else,
2: or you don't want to be the guy that missed on Caleb Williams, so you're. I guess you
3: got to do it, right? I, I I like hearing him say that they won't be. Based on fear. I like that he clearly has discussed with Justin. Hey, man, this is going to be weird for a little while. And we're sorry. This is just the way that it is. But as soon as we figure out what it is that we're going to do and we know exactly what we're going to do with you, we're going to have you in on the conversation because we want to do right by you. I think that's a, a, a good approach from a management standpoint as well. The Jalen Johnson stuff to me, I, I, I was really surprised considering how guarded he's being and rightly so about the other stuff, how freely he was like, Oh, no, things seem to be going really well. Now, sure, this could be well. we're putting pressure on him or you'll have this as record. When you hear from Jalen's side that, oh, we haven't talked or anything. It's what
2: it sounds like to me, is our our deal is out there. We think it's a really good deal for him, and we
3: want him to take it. We would like for him to sign this deal. You
1: know, that's an important part
3: of, of uh, being having tactics. Yes. Agreed. Tactics are very, very important. Both being and having. All that good stuff. To have the tactic, you have to be the tactic. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I always say. I, I I know that we ordinarily do this. I. I wouldn't mind talking with Weederer tomorrow or Thursday if we can. I thought his question about the experience in Kansas City was really good. And Poles' response to it, I thought was interesting too. Where, look, when I was there, we did a bunch, we did it a bunch of different ways. So I have experience looking at it from a bunch of different vantage points. These are all things like we're still getting to know Ryan Poles, too, and he's still growing into doing the job. So the, the more things we can find out about what his process is like, the more I'm interested in it.
2: I found the artist and surgeon metaphors interesting when it comes to his de- choice of describing quarterbacks. I don't necessarily agree. I don't either. Because I think it's both. I, I don't think somebody is one or the other. I think there are there are surgeons who are also artists in their ability to conceive of things and ways to solve problems that are above and beyond what has been taught or what has been diagrammed.
3: I understand what he's saying, and the the I would have put, I mean, it, I'm starting now like to think about it like historically, like who am I putting in each bucket? But like then you have Aaron Rodgers. What bucket does he go in? Because I see both. I, I see him as surgeon, and I definitely see Peyton Manning and Drew Brees as surgeons. Tom Brady, surgeon. But what do you do with someone like Aaron Rodgers? Honestly, what do you what do you call Justin? Because I think Justin would actually benefit from more structure taught in the right way. So is he an artist that needs to be a surgeon or is he a surgeon that hasn't quite figured out how to be a surgeon yet yeah, yeah I, I think that that's a, a metaphorical device that sounds like
2: it should make sense but doesn't really withstand rigorous scrutiny it just doesn't yeah because there, there's so many different individual personalities at the position who are able to win
3: well and that's the the thing that he the conclusion that he got to was I don't care. I just want people who win. But you, sure, you you someone throws something at you, you go, oh, I never looked at it that way. But the more you think about it, it's like, what, what do you call Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, Josh What's, Allen is
2: neither artist nor surgeon.
3: What is Patrick Mahomes? Right. Because I saw him be real surgical and super artistic.
2: You got you want ideally, you want all of it. Right. You'd like someone... You want Leonardo. You want somebody who can... Or Donatello. Who, no, more Leonardo known for... Michelangelo?
3: Yeah, or no, Raphael. No. I think
2: Josh Allen's a Michelangelo. He's a little got, bit of a wild card. Well, we know Cody Bellinger is
3: totally I'm talking about the actual
2: Leonardo and not the Ninja Turtles. Well,
3: that's less oh, that's fun. What we're talking fun. about is more fun. Yeah, it is more, way more fun. More we don't, fun we don't need Leonardo? your art
2: history credentials today. It's, well, it's not just his art. It's also his science. Science, yeah. That's the point. Yeah. That Leonardo was both artist and scientist.
3: And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also about science. The That's ooze.
2: Right. Well, yeah. How do you think they became Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
3: I don't know. The ooze, man. It's the ooze. Is it pink? It's pink ooze. No, it's, it's, green. Green. it's green. Green ooze. ooze. Yeah. Science. science. And then Shredder.
0: Irons.
2: Seven seven three says Weird Al Yankovic was like a surgeon.
3: Yes. for the very first time. Yes, yes, he yeah. was. Um, anyway, back to the stuff that polls had to say. Okay, here. that's enough.
2: <laughs> right. artist surgeon Leonardo. I guys, thought it you, was you guys are with the turtles.
3: His answer about Caleb Williams not wanting to come here was interesting to me. Why? Because though I don't have any concerns. I'd like to know if he has concerns. And then he was like, our infrastructure is great here for a quarterback. And like, maybe oh. at the moment
2: it is, but it, it usually hasn't been. I think that's the point that's made as the whole quarter, This is where quarterbacks go to die and there's, they don't develop quarterbacks here. It's hard to argue against the historical conclusions. Yes. Even if right now you are confident that you have put in a warm Quarterbacking incubator or nest. Well, and Same
3: one way. of the first things that he said was that Shane Waldron has a really good feel for running pass game. And he clearly, like Shane Waldron, I, I don't know what type of coach he's going to be, but I know he's smart enough to read the room. And I know that he walked in there and he was like, You know what? I'm really good at guys. I'm really good at adapting to my talent. That's what I'm like super good at. I'm great at it. My system works for anybody. I like to coach all sorts of quarterbacks, and I'll work with them on what it is that they do well, and it can all fit into what we do as a team. Yeah, he was, I'm Shane Waldron. <laughs> and I approve this message. A he, real coach. He clearly
2: yeah, he was ready under, it.
3: understood what had happened here before and walked right in and was like, here are all the answers to your test. I, Shane Waldron, I'm a big proponent of looking at individual skills of the quarterbacks that we have on our roster and working with them. And did I
2: mention that during games, I'm flexible? <laughs> When it comes to my game plan and an understanding of what a defense is trying to do, I'm not rigid and insistent on continuing to do what I thought would work. I understand that the script is to probe the defense to see how they react to things.
3: And then make adjustments off of that. I'm Shane Walter.
2: This is a great PSA for him. We need to, we need to sell this to him. Or I th- send think send this to him. I
3: think this is what he sold to the Bears. Just from between what he said last week and what Paul said this morning. I think that's exactly what he sold the Bears. Oh, he knew the assignment. Yes. I think- and I and I give him credit for that. Like you understanding what's the let's look at it from like a pure coordination of offense. He knew the defense that he was going to see. And he devised an offense that allowed him to get the job. I know what they want to hear. This is what I am. This is what I do.
2: Don't tell them that not much separates people who are good at this from people who aren't. (laughs) I certainly am not going to remind them of that. Nope. We all kind of do the same thing.
3: Yeah, but some people
2: are eh, a little different. (laughs) Yeah, they're called head coaches. Yep. That's the difference but the guys who do it who aren't head coaches are all essentially interchangeable.
3: I also dig that polls was talking about this part. I I love from a negotiation standpoint. If you think that you're coming to me with anything less than what I got last year for the dude that they drafted number one overall, when y'all are talking about this other dude, you got another thing coming because I'm not. That's the floor. What I got from Carolina is the floor. So if you're trying to get Caleb Williams, who people think is a better quarterback prospect than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud before last year, guess what? Jump, jump, because you're going to have to make me a real deal if you want to get this guy. So there's a lot in there, I thought. I thought that was a good – is a really good – Presser for Ryan Pauls. I think he did everything he wanted to do.
2: Yeah, I think the opening statement was strong and confident and complete. He didn't seem like he was avoiding anything. I thought his tone was in control and upbeat, and I think he was able to to parry away some reasonable questions. Dodge, turn, spin, thrust. I think he. I, I think he acquitted himself like somebody. In the position that he know, knows he's in
3: right now, Dan. I think we're being too nice to Ryan Poles. Will that be? Will huh? that be the headline tomorrow? The Chicago media too nice to Ryan Poles when you know he does things that are good. What the hell was that? Well, like
2: that—that's just like you're talking about the coward stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just wrong. Of
3: course, Dan. Of course it is.
2: It's just completely wrong. Like I—I I didn't. That, that was weird. Like pick
3: up a phone. He did, though. That's the thing. Got a little pushback. Didn't like it. I mean, you can talk to people and
2: just say, hey, what's being said about it here? How are people handling this that somebody can answer instead of making something up that just isn't
3: true? And now we're taking on New York media, Dan. Oh, God. That's right, brother. We're going to take on WFAN. And let me tell you something. We're still the... Jet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheel dealing, son of a gun. And we're having a hard time holding these gators down. Woo!
0: We got weights and fit. Yeah! Here we go.
3: That too. And that. Here we go. Would you like to talk about your stadium stuff? Yeah, it's just like. the. This is a simple one. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is just not complicated. We are looking forward to your reactions via the the text and people on Twitch. You had thoughts on what happened with the Bears press conference. But there's some simplicity that Dan would like to add to the conversation about who's getting state money to build, rebuild, upgrade. Or city money. Or move stadiums in sports. We'll do that next here on Bernstein and Holmes on The Score. The
2: Bernstein and Holmes
3: Show. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence
2: Holmes. Powerhouse pairing, 10 to 2 every day. On 670 The Score.
3: You know, the information that we've gotten so far is still very limited. We, You know, the how the taxpayer is going to benefit from this still hasn't been put forward to us. Um, it's just what the need is. And, of course, I think the pictures that we've all seen, the drawings anyway in the newspaper all look terrific. Um, but, but, again, that's not enough uh,
1: to make it uh, a priority, in my view, for, for Springfield.
2: Translation, how about no? That is Governor J.B. Pritzker and his response to the White Sox ask. But everybody's getting in line. Bears want tax breaks from the districts in Arlington Heights. Now the Cubs want $30 million to put in crash-rated bollards around the park. You know what those are, right? Those are those those vertical posts yeah. that are anchored deep into the concrete to keep people from driving trucks full of fertilizer into the, into the stadium. Absolutely. So... That there may be more sense in that, but I'm still dubious of that. I don't necessarily want to cut a check. Why can't you? You want it? You want an All Star game? Put them in. Go ahead. If you need some kind of easement for expanding or contracting the sidewalk, we are they're already bending over backwards, closing streets and stuff like that. You can you can pay thirty million for your bollards,
3: bollards. Yes, you can. It's funny because I I had a a politician that, that I know, reached out to him and, and said asked about all of this stuff. And the thing that I was stuck with from his reply is people are not reading the room
4: politically.
3: Oh, not at all. Not at all. They're, they're running a playbook from 20 years ago or Like more. This is not the time. This is not the time to be asking for government dollars, especially in this state, especially with, and someone brought it up in the press conference where uh, the, the questions were asked, if, if there are aspirations for J.B. Pritzker to move to a national platform. That's, hmm. It's like people aren't reading the room. No. That's why I've said every
2: time you hear Pritzker speak, every time he says Illinoisans, it sounds to me like he's practicing saying Americans. Americans. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me, and I get it because he's read the room and he's plotted out
3: the calendar. Well, you, you have to if you have aspirations of being Damn president, right? Like you, you're going to have to do that. But it just seems like all the teams are, and now the Red Stars like jumped hey. in here and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't like the tone of some of the pitch here, where the Red Stars are now just. Sort of positioning themselves. Women's sports need to have a seat at the table. We need to be in the mix. Uh, how to grow women's sports? That's on you. That's on you. Tax that's not the taxpayer's job. You want equality? You want to be you want to be taken just as seriously and get the same exact response on equal footing. Here's your equality.
3: Also, no. It just seems like no. If you, if you're the governor and you're like, wait, so I have two ricketses. Asking me for state money for two different teams. How about no? Yeah, because, and, and the problem, you talk about
2: not reading the room. They're making their point, and the commissioner of the NWSL, Jessica Berman, is saying how men's sports have historically been viewed as community assets. So they had a grift. You, you, you're saying you want in on the grift. Yes. No. Viewed as community assets means they pulled one over on the government. You you would like equal access to the grift, right? No, you don't. It's still a grift. Equal access or no? Men's sports have been able to successfully grift all these communities. Why can't we successfully <laughs> grift all these communities with a deal that benefits the the private ownership on, at the
3: expense of public money? No, I don't. I I've been to a few matches, the Red Star matches. I like that stadium for them. Like, I really do. Like, it's, it makes sense. It's, I know that it's hard. It's, look, it's really like one way in, one way out. So I get that. But as a, as a fan, I'm like, oh, this is enjoyable for, for two hours to, to be here in Bridgeview. It's nice.
2: And then she undermines her own argument. Does Jessica Berman, we're really at this important inflection point. It's true that for the first time, women's sports is actually being valued from the business community. Then get your money from them. If you're being valued from the business community, you bring them on as partners yes. and sponsors and investors, and they
3: invest in teams and land I, and I would buildings. I would agree that, that there's been a lot of value that has been – figured out in women's sports over the last five years. But that doesn't entitle you to any state money, just like it doesn't entitle men's sports to state money. And the more you learn about what these subsidies end up doing for the community, the less attractive it is. So I don't know why the red stars would want, especially considering their recent history, why they would want to jump out and be like, no, nah, we totally want some of this free money too, baby. Let's go. I th- I don't think it's a great look for them. And we'll see how this all plays out. But I don't think it's a great thing that after all of the posturing and grousing that related Midwest and, and Jerry Reinsdorf have been doing, that they haven't gotten anything in front of the governor. You haven't talked to the governor about this. Like, you're supposed to be that dude. That's supposed to be a phone call. You should have. And it it really does make me wonder if they're like, we'll just get all of this stuff out here into the public, and then there's going to be public pressure on J.B. Pritzker to do something. And then the public was like, hold on. You want to do what? It looks super cool, man. That looks super cool. Who's paying for it? You're not even going to put in on it at all? How much money do you want? A billion dollars? Is something wrong with your ballpark? No? Not really. Oh. GTFOH.
2: That's Lawrence Holmes. I'm Dan Bernstein. This is the Bernstein and Holmes Show. Let's talk quarterbacks when we come back. And there's a lot of names out there.
3: There's a lot of people that want to talk about the Bears quarterback situation. Yes, and make stuff up about it, too. Sure. Let's do that next here on The Score.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?